Greetings, everyone, and welcome to a brand new year of Cinema Effect. 2021 will be bright for us, maybe, hopefully. This is the 41st edition of the show. As always, I'm joined by my fellow Hans Zimmer appreciator, Jaden. How's it going? And PTA's number one fanboy, a.k.a. Fitzy, a.k.a. Liam. Hello. Hello. I didn't mention I am Zach, by the way. If In case you're new here, yeah. I'm Zach. So, yeah, associate me with that name. But if you are new here, this is Cinema Effect, the podcast where we review and talk about a different movie every single Monday. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. So subscribe and all those things if you enjoy the show. And tell your friends and family about the show if you want. We'd appreciate it. I, I always have like a few random things that I sometimes ask people to do. The, the, the begging section, I like to call it, in this beginning section. So this week I'm begging you to tell your friends and family about the show. Please, please. Uh, we'd love if you submit your questions, thoughts, reviews for next week's film in the YouTube comment section. Our quiz, our specific question of the week. This week will be, I've got to get back into the swing of things, everyone. Bear with me for a bit. I apologize. We're asking you what your most anticipated movie of 2021 is in the YouTube comment section down below. We'll read those at the end of next week's show, give our own thoughts on that as well. And, you know, you can submit multiple movies if you want, but what movies are you most excited for in 2021? Let us know. Uh, This week, I done fucked up and we mentioned multiple times that we were planning on jumping in and watching a a little-known film called Undertow as our first episode of 2021. Um, but basically there are multiple films surprisingly called Undertow, who would have thought, and the streaming service stand that, that we love, we, we praise that houses the film Undertow we were planning on watching also has another film called Undertow on it. So there's Undertow, a film from 2018 and a film from 2004, both have the exact same name going into it. I clicked on Stan, opened it up, searched Undertow into the search engine and just watched the first one that came up because I was not ready, did not assume there would be multiple on there. So that was my bad. I'm really dumb. I watched the wrong movie, but my co-hosts were so kind as to also watch the wrong movie as well as watching the right one. So that's why this week's episode is Undertow, a double feature. We'll be reviewing both Undertow movies that have absolutely nothing to do with each other whatsoever. But the name is the only thing in common. We're going to talk about them both right now. As for which one we review first, uh, I've got a, I've got a coin thing open on Google. Are we happy to just to flip it? I think we just chronologically. Oh, chronologically? I can do, we can do that. I mean, if you want to flip a coin and make it interesting. Yeah, we'll, we'll, add, we'll add like 30 seconds of drama to this. Yeah. Uh, add a little bit of chaos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. Mm. Um, I'll say 2004 is heads and 2018 is tails. Okay. All right, here we go. It's flipping. It takes a while, apparently. Heads, 2004 undertow. We'll chat about this one first. So this is the one we weren't meant to watch. This is the one I, I messed up on. Um, but we'll tell you all about that. So Undertow 2004 opened in the US on the 22nd of October, 2004. It was directed by David Gordon Green. Uh, it's a drama and the synopsis reads pig farmer, John's wife died and he's having, having problems with the oldest of two sons. 
John's just out of prison brother joins them. He spells trouble. Was that written by a seven-year-old? That is one of the worst synopsis I've read on the show. That was atrocious. He smells trouble. Is that what I said? He spells spells trouble. Spells right, yeah. But even still, like the way that now that was constructed awfully. That was really bad. I'm going to edit that. (sighs) I think that just sort of (laughs) encompasses the experience of the film. The synopsis. Um. Anyways, all right. Undertow, 2004. Fitzy, do you want to start us off with this one? Mm, no, I, I don't know exactly. <laughs> you guys can start. I feel like you guys have stronger feelings about it that you've expressed already. So, Sure, sure. I appreciate you just refusing, but that, yeah, yeah. No, you're probably right about that. You go then, Chad. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't really like. Um, I didn't pay too much attention to this film. Like, like of course I watched it and stuff, but like I was, I wasn't really paying yeah. it too much of my mind. You know, I wasn't giving it too much of my presence or whatever. Um, yeah. I don't know. I did not like it. I, I think I'm just like it was. I was bored by it. Very, very bored from the start. Um, I just didn't give a shit about the characters at all. I mean, the, the little kid was weird. He fucking eats mud and paint and shit. Like, I didn't give a shit about that though. <laughs> um. I don't know. It was just a very hard film to 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 to, to watch, like, and not because like it was gruesome or violent. I mean, like, I had some moments where it was a bit gory, but I mean, like, it was just boring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I appreciate you not paying attention, considering yeah, this was all my fault. Yeah, and that, that was part of it. Like, yeah, I never had any intention of watching this film at all. I'd never even heard of it before. You know, the only reason I, I you know, you know, this was on was because because of you, Finny. So like. Yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah, part of that re- like that that was another reason I was just kind of tuned out a bit. Yeah, but I think that worked in the movie's favor because if I was more tuned in, I think it would have been even more bored and it just would have gone down. Sure. Yeah, that's sort of that was sort of my thing because the whole time I was watching it, obviously, I thought this is the movie that we all chose. You know, this is what we all discussed and wanted to watch. Uh, yeah, I thought the movie was dog shit. I thought it was awful. I thought it was a complete waste of time. Um, that didn't expand upon any ideas. Or story beats, it sort of vaguely tries to explore, maybe, because um, I'm I'm getting as I'm watching it from the characters and some of the dialogue, I'm getting there's themes here, I think, but I don't understand what it's trying to communicate, and maybe that's on me. But there's so much else wrong with this movie. It was boring as hell, terrible characters zero tension whatsoever and it has some of the worst editing i've ever seen in a movie in my life. oh the editing was, oh my god i forgot about oh yeah <laughs> uh so i thought the movie was a train wreck in this conversation i feel like in the thing thematically in that side of things if there's stuff i'm not grasping that there is to grasp that could win me over a little bit but yeah we'll see we'll see um but but yeah, Fitzy, give us an idea. I don't know. I don't really care, or it doesn't matter if you don't feel super strongly either way. But give us an idea of what your experience was. Yeah, it was a weird film. It was like it was very average and tried to do something weird, but it was also like very straightforward and kind of you know conventional in a way. Like that, you just have a, sure. a weird uncle who's like a murderer or whatever. But um, I feel like it was going for something. It was just kind of half baked. It, like the weird editing and the strange moments and stuff, it was like he was trying something, but it just didn't. It didn't work and kind of fell flat a bit. I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. The ending left me a bit 
Like I laughed. I the, didn't. The ending was so weird. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even get it. I didn't get it at all. What was that? So Chris died, right? I think so. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what I got from it too. But because. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, like it's a thread throughout the movie that they talk about the the crossing of the river or whatever into the afterlife, and you get the black and white shots uh, re- representing death, I suppose, and transitioning to death. And we get the moment where Chris is drowned, and that moment was just terrible. That scene was awful. I, I that was pretty funny in itself. I kind of wanted him to die, and then he, he then like we get a little black and white thing, thinking, "Oh, he's dead. He's drowned," but then we cut to the grandparents. And the performance there was the, 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 oh God, some of the shots there were terrible. But anyway, we, we think, oh, he's alive. He's talking to his grandparents, his brother's there. They're all happy ever after. And then just like the most, <laughs> it felt like a joke. It felt like the movie was trolling me when the balloon pops and then it like just cuts to another black and white shot. And it's like, oh, and then it ended. So like, what was the point of that other than just to troll me and say, ha gotcha, the end. You know, I don't, I don't know. I've got no idea what it was. Oh, it was just the ending was just awkward too. Like even if I didn't understand what it was trying to tell me from a story perspective, like the way it just cuts back and forth from the from the the black and white stuff, and then we the grandparents are talking to him, and their dialogue's kind of weird. Like it's sort of dreamlike, which you know, knowing the ending is sort of the idea, I guess. But it's just awkward. I, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. It was it was totally bizarre. But you're not wrong, Fitzy. It was very very simple, and it's plot it is just this this uncle character or this father character to chris i guess just want he's just hunting them across the state or however far they go and just wants to kill them it's basically this this southern family they're hanging out it's we got the the two bros and we got the dad there and sketchy uncle arrives he's uh, an inmate a former prisoner so he comes because he wants the the weird gold coins right mm. And so he kills John for them. I'm like, okay, you know, this is fine. Like he's clearly deranged in some way. And, but does he, how many does he take? I was confused by this because old mate Jamie Bell, what's his name? Chris still has some. And that's why he's hunting them, I think. No, no, they just so take, take all, them all. No, they take, he takes all, Jamie Bell takes all the ones that old mate was going to take. Oh, so he actually does take them all. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. And yeah, I didn't really. Yeah. Okay. I didn't really think he had time to, but that makes sense. Okay. That would. Ex- Otherwise, I was thinking if. Yeah. No. Like, like if he, he found him in the car or something, didn't he? And that's why he has them all. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. That's yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. That's good. At least. Okay. At least. Jeez, I wasn't even paying attention and picked up this. <laughs> I was too busy writing frantic notes about the editing. That's all right. <laughs> um. Okay. No, that, that's all right. That's all right. But yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Is Deal a common name? I've never heard that name in my life for a human being. Have yeah. you guys? You have? No, no, no. Don't think so. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Sorry, it was like it was like one of my main takeaways from this boring movie of was like, is Deal a name? I remember I thought they were saying Dale with a really strong southern accent. I didn't even realise they were saying Deal. I thought it was just Dale, but I I just couldn't tell. Hundred percent. I only realised that because I had subtitles on. That's the only reason. Oh, really? <laughs> I would have thought that too. I would have thought Dale too. Did you guys find the moment to moment, you know, character moments and stuff happening in this movie sort of just awkward and 
bizarre because I, I, I don't know. I just, I just felt there was no tension in a movie like this where you sort of picture two brothers going on this adventure or whatever this, they're trying to escape their uncle. You sort of, they meet different characters along the way and it sounds, you know, pretty traditional and sort of fine, but every character they meet is just, it's just so forgettable. And the movies, like the score is just non-existent. And when it's there, it's pretty bad. Mm, I thought the score was interesting, actually. I mean, Philip did Glass, you? he did, um, Philip Glass is a good composer. I think he also did, like, The Truman Show and some other great stuff. I mean... Oh, really? He's done just great albums and stuff by itself, so he is, like, a well-known composer. But, uh, no, I think the score was one of the best parts. I mean, it was weird. Okay. Um, it was weird. And, and, diff- sure. and different. And, uh, yeah, I liked it, I guess. There was a moment. Was I imagining this when, like, a didgeridoo came into the score? Nah, I didn't really notice. No, I'm not sure. Nah, that's all right. That's all right. I thought, it was, yeah, it was super, super strange. Um, all right. So we think the movie might be getting on some themes. Do we want to? Do we want to throw out what they could possibly be? I took note of that it keeps coming up constantly. Just the idea of being a parent and having children. They run into the the uh, the bloody African American family there. And they can't have kids. And they just say how they want kids, but they can't have them, I think. They have a dialogue about that. That's fine. But that's sort of it. They just say they want kids. And I'm like, okay. But then, like, nothing that happens with them ever really matters with that. No, but they're talking about, like, counting their blessings and stuff like that. So it's like, I don't know. In terms of... Like, like, like they're talking about, like you know, she's learned to count her in, in not having kids of her own. She's learned to count her own blessings. So I think she's, oh, she's sure. happy to be able to interact with them or something. I don't, I don't, I don't know. She, she's like content with that. Yeah, she's okay. Yeah, I guess. But then they meet the other uh, weird homeless people. I get, yeah, they, they yeah, they're homeless people, and the the woman says how she wants lots of kids she tells chris that and chris like then they have an awkward romantic thing for like a second um so all i'm getting from this movie is that and then of course the 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 sort of bookend of the movie is the grandparents being mentioned they're only brought up once in the middle of the movie but so i'm getting this idea of of parents and, and children thrown out there a lot in the film but i don't understand what it's saying. Um, I, think, I assume we're all in the same boat on this. I mean, I thought, I thought the film was going for... It, it, it talked a lot about, like, the weird moments that you remember and stuff like that, and the editing felt like it was trying to convey that at points, like, cutting at weird spots and stuff like that. But, like, that theme never oh. really got expanded upon, I guess. Just kind of like a recurring idea in the film. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, yeah, that, that's what it is. It's an idea that comes up multiple times. Exactly what you say, but yeah, I don't understand yeah. the purpose it serves or why it's there or how it serves the characters in any way. It's just, yeah, it's strange. It's strange. It's it's just like a generic plot of a film with, let's insert this idea about children into it. The characters say things about it. Before you're talking about, like, never feeling tension, I was going to say, the only tension that I ever felt in the movie was when they were with the, um, 
went out with the couple that couldn't have the kids. I was ex- I, like when um Deal was uh coming to pick him up, I was expecting him to like kill them too, and I was expecting Deal to just go on like a, I don't know, a bit of a spree, and like because of that, like I think like I think like that couple was the only one that I actually kind of empathized with. So like in that moment, because I was scared, like you know, I felt for them. Like that was the only moment of tension in the film, but like it just evaporated once he got there, you know, and like it was just, it was just poor. It is just poor. It is just poor. Oh yeah, I don't disagree with you there. I I don't I don't like that the and I'm, you're not meant to, but like just as a as a plot thing, I I don't like that she rang deal that she like contacted th- him without. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like a person in that situation would just ask the kid like, or at least have some understanding of why the kid is on the run in the first place. You know what I mean? At least just, just say like before you ring anyone, it'd be like, oh, so why are you here? Well, and if it's just, oh, my, my buddy dead. Oh, yeah, no, they wouldn't say that, yeah. It's the whole thing of Jamie Bell is being manipulated into thinking the cops won't deal with him because they think, they'll think he did it, which is, I don't know, it's sort of bullshit, but. I mean, I his little brother's there to back up, like, you know, like, his whole story as well. So, I mean, like, I don't know. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty weak stuff because he's just lying under the bed and deals are sort of there, just coming out with anything you possibly can. He's just like, uh, well, uh, uh, your knife did it. And then Jamie Bell just runs with that for the whole movie. So, I mean, like, he tells him that, you know, his, his fingerprints are going to be in the blade, but like, I mean, like, deals own fingerprints are also on handle. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, what, what are they going to do with that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, hundred percent. You're right, Fitzy. The brother was there, and yeah, I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. I mean, I don't want to talk about the editing for too long because it's just atrocious. Like, it needs to be seen to be believed. To be truly honest, at first, in the in the opening sequence, when we get the freeze frames and the the color grading shifts on the freeze frames, it was so jarring. I thought, yeah, so I thought, jarring. I thought my um, st- <laughs> I thought my thing was lagging. My stand was lagging. <laughs> Like it's for the first time. Yeah. It was buffering and you had to check, is it pausing or not? Yeah. I literally went back because I wanted to check if it was part of the film or not. And it was. (laughs) And it was. (laughs) It wasn't wasn't even like a shift in grading. It was like, it's like they chucked like the invert and like colors thing from like your iPhone onto like the film, you know? Yeah. And like, it it was just, it just served no purpose. It just made no sense. And it was just horrid. It was so bad. I, I, in the actual credits part, like the opening part where the names are coming up as it's happening, I thought, this is very weird, but I'll give it the benefit of the doubt right now because I don't know what they're going for here. Maybe it'll make sense to me with context and all that. Um, it never did. They continued to do it just randomly throughout the movie for no reason. And it got worse because the moments they choose to cut to scene transitions in this movie, it's just completely throws out the basic rule book of how to edit a film so it feels like it's organically flowing. It's totally bizarre. The way they cut scenes and using wipe transitions in the middle of action sequences. Like when they're, the the kids, I think at one point, they're like running to the car and there's, it cuts from them jumping out the window to a shot of them running to the car and there's a wipe. Like, why is there a wipe there? It makes no, makes no sense whatsoever. And the film straight up refuses to use any sort of establishing shots whatsoever. I noticed it a lot when we cut back and forth between different places and stuff. It's just like, you know, it's not a huge deal, but I'm like, well, in any I, other film, I feel like the, there would be something here. 
the location, like, not familiar to us, obviously, because we've never been to the deep south of America, but, like, I feel like the, you know, the setting of the film is familiar enough that there wasn't really a need for establishing shots, you know? And, I mean, like, it was all kind of staple stuff, mm. you know, it's, like, Rust Belt-esque town, you know, that's kind of on the fringes and, you know, people living there are on, are on hard times, you know? It was, like, I don't think it was, like... Yeah, there was an absence for it, but I, I, I don't think I don't think it necessarily needed those. So it's not really. Yeah, sorry. How dare you defend the movie? No, but <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I agree with you from a setting perspective. I, I, I did, you're right. I didn't need you know shots to establish what's happening in these places and stuff, and to get a feel for that necessarily. But just purely from a construction point of view, in the edit, you know what I mean? It's just sort of basic editing rules to insert a shot that sort of lets the audience know that we're transitioning to a new location. Like that's really all, all I'm thinking about there. Mm. Not a huge deal, but, but it's a sort of a, it's a conventional thing that I noticed was broken bizarrely. You know, this bloke apparently edited Thor Ragnarok. No. Yeah. What? Well, like the editor or the, the director, what do you mean? The editor, the editor, he did wow. Thor Ragnarok too. There's no, oh my God. How is that possible? The, the, Okay, that's that's really funny. I mean, I can in my own head canon, I can say that this film must have been like a high school project for him when he was fourteen years old. So, oh, I can I can change the color of that shot. That's what it feels like. It honestly feels like you know, like a you know, like a like a student film, like just like toying around to make it a bit more dramatic. Totally, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the first thing he's ever edited in his life, and then he yeah went on to actually edit shit. I feel like the film placed away too much emphasis on the little brother um, and, like, his disorder and whatever. And, like, I, I like that every time it just, like, focused on him just eating weird shit or just, like, you know, saying random stuff, it just drew me further away. And, then like, I read that the, the director initially wanted a greater focus on the little brother. But, like, I, I just can't imagine that because, like, it was, it was just – he was such a nothing character that had this, you know, like like – thing where he eats shit and like throws up and like that's all he was you know it's like um yeah. i think a big part of like the flow of the film is just disrupted like what what little flow there was every time you know we see him throwing up because he ate mud yeah yeah i agree with you because yeah it's a weird i feel like if you give a character a trait like that like an eating disorder which is obviously a very specific thing um not necessarily an entirely uncommon thing, but still like a specific choice to give that as a trait to a character in your film. Yeah. It's just sort of there. And I, if it's, if I don't know what the, what, what the, what they're thinking with that like, is the idea that, Oh, we're trying to expose, we're trying to demonstrate, you know, shine light on, uh, uh, you know, be diverse in representing, I don't know, people with eating disorders. Like what other purpose does it serve? The only like purpose it serves, like, like I feel in the film was like they use it to build tension later when they see, when a uh, deal sees uh the big brother like buying medicine like you know like that's that that that's how he finds him like that's the only purpose I feel like it serves in the film. Yeah, yeah. And there was a lot of time on it. You're right. It was weird. He's yeah. He eats glue and stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of this is kind of sad. No, no. Eating glue is normal for like you know any kid. <laughs> oh, is it what? No, I'm jo- I'm joking. <laughs> Didn't you have kids from primary school that just munched on elements? No. Did you? Yes, so many kids from my primary school would. Oh my god! As public school for you. That's disgusting. <laughs> Fifty, did you have this? Um, 
So don't some didn't don't some people like sniff glue? That, that's a thing, that's, right? that, that's like a different thing, right? That's a bit different, you know. I mean, like, I'm talking like you know, like, like like you know, they weren't like munching a whole glue stick down, but like you know, they'd they'd like the glue every now and then or whatever. So okay, well, thank God in year one they weren't sniffing the glue. That'd be you know. Mm. That'd be another can of worms. No, but this kid straight up eats mud and just like acts like it's nothing, which is. Yeah, yeah, and the dialogue between them—they they don't have much chemistry, do they? The dialogue between them is just sort of awkward. I didn't really feel their relationship whatsoever. But none of the relationships. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I'm just I like this one because I feel like it's sort of the only one. Yeah. Oh, John and Deal a little bit, but oh yeah, and of course the romantic shit at the end was—I don't even know what that was. Yeah, he forgets about Kristen Stewart real fast. Real fast. Real fast. Uh, all right. I've got a fun fact for you guys. All right. It's the only piece of trivia for this entire episode because not many people have seen either of these movies. All right. So during the shooting of the scene where Deal drives Chris on the dirt road away from the farm, a police chopper, in real life this is, was continually circling the area due to a dead body being found. The cast and crew never saw the dead body, however. Wow. Wait, Aren't your minds blown? Aren't you excited? They never saw it. Is that what? The trivia, like, it presents, okay, the, the chopper was looking for a dead body while they were shooting the film. And then, it, and then it says, the cast and crew never saw the actual dead body, however, as if they could have just stumbled into it. Like, they're shooting a scene in the woods, right. and, just trip over, and Jamie Elder just trips over a corpse. Yeah, even the tri- trivia is bad, yeah. Yeah, it's not very good. How about, that's me totally shoehorning in that segment, isn't it? <laughs> I was shocked to see that, like, this is David Gordon Green. Like, that's the director's name, right? Because, like, he directed, like, the 2018 Halloween remake, which I, which I really love and I think is, like, brimming with tension and, like, it tells a concise story. And, like, I just think, like, you know, either there was a massive evolution in his career or, like, you know, like, the, these projects were handled by very, very different producers and whatever. Yeah, everyone starts from some way. And everyone has a bad day at the office, so both of those things could very well apply. Mm. But yeah, I did not know that. I figured this guy's career went kaboom. <laughs> but I'm glad that's not true. What are we giving Undertow 2004 out of 10? Fitzy. I mean, I was going to give it a 5, but talking about it, and I'll give it a 4, I guess. Yeah. Pretty bad. Sure, sure, Jaden. Yeah, it comes a 3 from me. I'll give it a two. I thought it was terrible. You know, it's not that it doesn't make sense. It makes sense fine. But I just can't take away from my experience watching this movie, which was just trash the entire time. I just thought it was trash. Not the entire time. The first 10 minutes, I'm like, I don't know what this movie is. But yeah, it turned to trash real fast. And that was my experience with it. So I'll give it a two. All right, let's go to the movie we're actually meant to talk about today. And that's Undertow 2018. This particular film opened in Australia on the 9th of August 2018. It was directed by Miranda Nation. It's also a drama. And the synopsis reads, Struggling to accept the loss of her baby, Claire becomes suspicious of her husband's relationship with a feisty young woman, Angie. Very important context to get out there. We chose this movie because it's set in our hometown. Oh, well, sort of, you know. Yeah, Fitzy. Oh, yeah. Not really, but. Sort of, no, because no, it, 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 it's on the surf coast a bit. You know, they go down to yeah. Anglesey, so I mean, like, Anglesey is past him, so I mean, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, yeah. So it's set where we live. That's why we chose it. And it certainly influenced my opinion of it a little bit. But uh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Jan, how do you feel about Undertow 2018? Um, I, was, I liked it, um, but I think that's the extent of like um, my opinion. Like, like I, don't think, I don't think it was great. I, don't, I didn't love it. Um, and there's a lot of cool stuff. I really love the way that they shot Geelong. Not necessarily because they portrayed it like accurately, but just like the way that you know they um, it's it's very much like a way that I'd want to depict Geelong if I was in their position. You know, I, I love the way that they shoot the industrial areas and stuff like that, and I love the way that you know, our, like our city kind of comes across a bit more romanticized than what it is. So like um, yeah, I I I, I did quite like it, but yeah, it's definitely flawed. Yeah, I thought it was average, I guess. Um, way too many unnecessary sex scenes and nudity um, and shit like that. Mm. And, uh, mm, oh yeah, I thought it was fine, I guess. I, probably, I feel like I might lean towards Fitzy a bit more, but like, eh, sort of, I feel like we're not all that far apart here. I'm, I thought it was, I thought it was okay. Um, I, Jane, that's a great point about the way they shot Geelong, because I agree, I think, um, I like the way it's depicted as well. But, I mean, yeah, I have some mixed feelings about it, about the way some plot points are sort of tackled and uh, different things. I like the first half significantly more than the second half. Um, I think the movie's generally well shot. Um, Outside of just the fact it's Geelong, I do appreciate the direction. I think it's well lit and everything. But, yeah, I don't know. The third act was a bit messy, some characters weren't particularly interesting. Um, but, you know, I saw places I know. So 10 out of 10. Mm. Can we get the errors in geography out of the way now? Or like, uh, Do you want to? Sure, sure. Why not? Like, I mean, like, like I'm, you know, like I, we're, we're all well aware of how, like, you know, films are made and how, you know, you know, they, they, they change places and locations and shit. Like, you know, like, um, there's one shot of her, like, at the very start of the film, not very start, like, near the start, you know, she's driving into Geelong past the refinery in the, in, you know, in the northern suburbs, and it cuts to North Geelong Bridge, but then she's on the same road on the outbound way, and then it cuts back, and then it cuts her back to Cryo Bay, and then, like, they treat, like, they treat, like, it's Cryo Bay is right next to the Sphinx, which it's not, and I mean, like, you know, like, like, I'm, I'm aware, yeah, right, right. I'm aware of films, you know, they play, they play around with geography, but, like, it's really, it's really weird seeing it in your own town, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's really funny. I, I don't, I don't look at it as a, as a flaw of the movie necessarily. Oh no, it's not a flaw. Yeah, yeah, no, but like, yeah, it's not. It's, it's fu- just... something fun to notice. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. So there were a few things here and there. Seeing, you know, the, the pier and the the what do they call that place up there on the pier? It's called the pier, isn't it? Just the Honey Pier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then the the venue's called the pier, though. I think, yeah. Oh yeah, the one there, right? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, but yeah, so that, that, you know, that's all. That's cool. But the final shot of this movie, I feel like it was like driving home to me, Zach. This is where you get petrol, and that's your fish and chip shop right there. Oh yeah, I, I was hoping to see Shannon at petrol station. That was insane, dude. That's like I swear to God, I've stood in that exact spot and filled my car up, like where she was standing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, that, I'm like, okay, now this movie, this movie, totally is amazing, amazing <laughs> fan service. But no, no, I thought that was really funny. Um, I enjoyed that a lot. But yeah, no, you're right, Jane. Let's get that out of the way. Now it's time to become real film critics. We have to actually analyze the film. Fitzy, you mentioned the nudity and stuff. I mean, it's pretty hard not to comment on. I think the, the film sort of leans a bit too. I don't know if I dislike it as much as what it sounds like you do, but it definitely leans on it strongly as 
sort of making that its identity a little bit. Like, oh, that's the... I imagine, you know, for me, it's like, oh, that's the movie Main and Geelong. I'd imagine for a lot of people, it, it's sort of, that's the Australian movie with shitloads of nudity and sex in it. Because it was, it was crazy. It was no holds barred. No bars hold? Held? Or is it no holds barred? No holds barred, I think, isn't it? Actually, right? no, yeah, no, that makes more sense. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, that makes more no sense. No bars held? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Oh, uh, yeah, oh, don't worry. <laughs> no holds barred. What are you saying? No holds barred. Is it barred? Yeah, barred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like, oh, oh, sorry, I didn't realise this phrase was contentious. Um, no, it's like, you know, they go all out there with it. They go crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah, but did you, yeah, you felt a lot of it was unnecessary, Fitzy. Yeah, I mean, there's like five sex scenes in it and like five other, you know, just random nudity sections. I feel like when she comes home from the run and just immediately strips down is is like, I don't know, like, look, I don't go for runs. So, I mean, like, I don't know if that's a common practice, but like she's literally in the door and out the clothes. Like that just felt a bit weird, but you know. (laughs) Yeah, everyone does that when they go for a run. They just completely strip off immediately. Yeah, come home, Um, clock out, you know. I mean, that was... That was surprising. There, there was, I mean, I, I guess props to the actress, I guess, because that was just, there was nothing left to the uh, imagination there. Nothing. And when thinking about, like, the, the what purpose it serves in the film, it, it I guess the whole thing is sort of just confronting in terms of trying to put us in the shoes of someone who is experiencing that trauma of having lost a child the way she did. Whether or not that 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 nudity choice specifically adds to that, I guess that's I don't know, I guess that's sort of up to you. I sort of maybe you can tell by my tone of voice, I'm sort of iffy about it. It was it was a lot. I, I kind of chalk it down to like the style of the film, and like I think I think I think you'll find like a lot of Australian stuff, a lot of dramas, especially like um they do tend to ground themselves in realism, and they and, and they like to be as gritty as they can. I think like Animal Kingdom is you know gritty in its violent ways, but this is kind of going for a you know, it's going for the same approach, but just, you know, it's, they're just not going to hold back on that, on, you know, the, uh, the, the nudity front. But I think like, you know, look at like shit, like underbelly or like, you know, other stuff like where there is glorification, but there's always this thing that kind of ties it down. And like, I don't know, I guess, I don't, I don't know. I, I just think it's like a lot of films like to Australian films like to ground themselves in like a grittiness. And I think like that, that is like this film's grittiness, you know? Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is. Hundred percent. I just yeah. I don't know if if it maybe feels a bit cheap, you know? Because I mean, the movies it's very on the nose in terms of Claire's trauma and trying to convey that. Um, so I don't know if the, the yeah the, the excess in nudity is sort of a, a, a I don't know like maybe a cheap way to sort of get us to experience that. As I'm saying this out loud, I don't really think I'm making any sense, but that is the the core of the movie, really, that experience that she has. And I can't really, you know, I'm just trying, in saying this, I'm just trying to link the strong nudity to something in the story, you know, and I'm, I don't know if I needed it to do that, if it is trying to do that. But I mean, along the same lines, of course, they, it happens a lot. You know, she sees dead animals, she sees dead things, she sees, you know, this imagery everywhere. She she spills the red wine over the picture, she sees blood, you know, her hands always bleeding and shit like that. So, you know, it's a bit it's a bit much. I appreciate what they're going for, 
Um, I think tackling trauma is interesting in films. I, I think this is a bit. Uh, I feel I feel like the film sort of has one is a one trick pony in that sense. It's sort of how do we convey this? Let's just kind of throw things at the audience, such as all these dead things and the nudity, and let's just do that a lot. You know, I don't know if it really develops beyond that. Um, I mean, I thought the, I thought like her being jealous of the, um, the teenager and like, like wanting to be like a mother figure for her. That was like kind of like good part of the film. Or a good way to uh, convey that kind of idea of like wanting to be a mother and that kind of thing. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And I thought the, the character interactions between those two central characters was pretty, it was all good. I liked all of it. Yeah, and it made perfect sense as to how she felt and why she felt so strongly that she needed to take care of this baby and, yeah, the jealousy of that, the envy when it comes to, oh, this 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 younger woman has the opportunity that I missed out on but sort of throwing it away and I can't allow that to happen. Oh, I like all that stuff for sure. Yeah, I thought the um, the husband, his acting was really good. I thought, not really good, but, uh, yeah, it was good, I thought. Yeah, yeah, he was good. All the cast is good. I don't, I can't really, I don't think there's a weak performance here. Mm, yeah, no. And that is, in general, something I do appreciate about it. And these full blown Australian productions that are really well shot, really well acted, really well produced. Clearly, so much thought goes into them. But it's a shame to see, you know, no one really watches them. Um, as far as I could see, it didn't it wasn't really widely released at all. I think it went to film festivals and then straight to Stan, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I think it premiered at, like, the Melbourne International Film Fest. I think it would have got a fair, fair bit of attention there. But I think, sure. like, yeah, like, I think after that, it kind of just under the rug a bit. Which is a shame to see, you know, because I don't think the movie's amazing, but, you know, I think it definitely deserves attention, 100%. And maybe, I don't know, maybe the nudie's got something to do with that, but maybe mm-hmm. they couldn't, I don't know, theatres didn't want to take it or some shit. I don't know, I'm making that up, but it's a shame. Well, sorry, yeah, I was leading to a point there. So how did you guys, was it you, Jan? How did you, you find out about the movie? Because I just would never have known about it. Because uh, it was filmed in Geelong. Like, that's the only reason it was ever on my radar. Um, and my sister was an extra in it. So, like, from that, like... Um, of course, of course, yeah. Yeah. But then, like, I Can think... you see like, her in the movie? No, she's, she's, she's not in any scenes. Because um, oh. I, th- I think she was meant to be in a scene on the pier, but, like, you can't see her at all in it. So, um... Okay. I think they were, they were filming in, like, 2017, I think it was, down here. But then, like, I didn't hear about it for three years until, like, I saw it come back up on Stan, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, most of my problems with the movie sort of... I just find the third act sort of weird. I don't know. A lot happens pretty quickly, and it was just sort of all tumbling over each other, in my opinion, um, which it sort of begins at the pier, I think. Um, and then Claire ends up sleeping with the footy player, Brett. And I didn't really, I don't really understand why other than like, I, what was the link there? I, I mean, I guess earlier in the movie, they sort of had something going on. He sort of touched her face weirdly, but I don't know that sort of just came out of nowhere for me. And then he dies and then, oh, yeah. you know, and then, the, and then I thought that was the end of the movie and the movie kept going. You know what I mean? It's sort of built to multiple weird climaxes because he dies. I'm like, what? 
she's recovered from the, the water. I'm like, oh, this feels like a climactic thing in the movie. But then, yeah, it keeps going. Get the conversation with her and Angie on the beach, and there's sort of another climax there, a character moment there. And she confronts her husband after that, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. So there's kind of this weird uh, building and, and falling here in the third act. that It's sort of all over the place to me. I don't know. I wasn't really feeling it as much. Um, I think it does get messier, and I think it does crumple a bit there, but I think I think all of those kind of resolutions are necessary to tie up, like, all the threads throughout the film, you know, and then at the very end, you know, we're showing that she's pregnant again. So, I mean, like, I think I think each kind of climax and, like, each, each kind of, like, resolution, you know, I think it needs to be there, but I just think the way it was... I mean, you know, you, you've kind of, like, four resolutions, so, like, I, th- I think, like, you know, it's kind of going to be hard to construct that in any way at all anyway, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, obviously it's easy to say just watching the movie, but I don't know, maybe some slight restructuring could have done a good, like, had the the sleeping with Brett and the Brett stuff dying a bit earlier in the movie and sort of build to that more naturally. Little things like that, little tweaks could have made it a bit more natural to me, but, yeah, I don't know. So what? What is it Brett's kid that she's pregnant with? I, I assume so. Yeah. 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 Okay, sure. Oh, I was assuming, I was, um, assuming there was going to be like a twist where the kid is um, like the, the, husband, the husband. Wait, what? what? Sorry, poor joke. Sorry, sorry, poor joke. No, the kid is like the the husband's kid or whatever because he was out at that night with the uh, with her or whatever. With the other oh, yeah, kids. yeah. I was waiting for like at the beginning of the film. That's 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 the way I thought it was going. Yeah, yeah. But they kind of clear that up and make it. They show that it's Brett's, like early, don't they? Yeah. Well, I think I think yeah, you're supposed to assume it is. But then later on, she's like saying that he might have been at the party, but then he's like, "No, I wasn't." So I guess he wasn't. Mm. He was there. He just he just wasn't in the room. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there was a bit of push and pull there of red herrings and things because, yeah, it, it's sort of like he's with her, he's not, but he could have been, but he's not, but maybe he still was. You know, it kind of ha- that happens a few times. Uh, I have to say, outside of the fact that the ending takes place at Georgia's Fish and Chips, what's up? Um, I like the Angie ending for her, that we that last shot of her with her and, you know, just going to school. I was like, that, that's a satisfying conclusion to the character for me you know returning her, her life once again having some sense of normalcy after the wild shit that we sort of see with her in this movie um and some of the terrible shit she goes through so i thought that was like a sort of a happy note without it being overtly happy but i kind of saw it as like like earlier in the film the uh the lady you know she looks up to the teenager because she's like jealous and uh, uh and uh all this but like but then she's able to get pregnant again and you know she's in a better situation at the end and she just sees her as, as like a regular schoolgirl, as like a regular teenager or whatever and she's kind of moved on from her jealousy of uh the teenager oh sure sure names but yeah angie angie well, what was the main clue uh, Right, so you were seeing that ending a bit more from Claire's perspective. I was like, yeah. yeah, I was taking it from Angie's. Yeah, got it, got it. 
I mean, it quite literally is from Claire's perspective. You know, the camera just goes from her, like, is, is, is like, oh, her uh, bit of it, yeah. Yes, yes, 100%, 100%. <laughs> yeah. But just in terms, yeah, I was only thinking of, like, what it means for Angie to now just be going to school. You know, I was thinking of that side of it. But, yeah, uh, that's a good point. Of how I don't know how happy that ending would be, though, because, I mean, like, it's pretty evident that she's from a broken home. So, I mean, like, what's her going back to school really do, you know? Oh, sure. I mean, I don't know if it, yeah, no, that's a good point. I don't know if it necessarily means her life's now, you know, sunshine and rainbows, but I just, She's I just think it's like. the mall every weekend. Yeah, exactly. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bit of a sense that, okay, now she hasn't, she's not out of her depth in terms of her maturity and like she was, you know, she's sort of back, I guess, I don't know, on an equal playing field with others her age. Mm. A bit of natural order to things is restored. I feel like, um, maybe like similarly to the, to the 2004 under, this film doesn't fully expand on what it's trying to say, or maybe it's just that I didn't fully understand what it was trying to say with what's given because like, I feel like once again, there's a lot of threads that are presented to us and I feel like, you know, they are more evident than what they were in 2004 one. But once again, I feel like we can never, I, I, I never fully grasped them. Yeah. Cause like, I like, you know, like you know, like obsession is dangerous, you know, like, 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 you know, like, like what, more. Oh, okay. I mean, and obviously, you know, like stuff about like, you know, grieving parents and like other stuff like that, but like, I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like I was never fully entwined in all the themes. Sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was mainly just th- the whole time I, I mentioned a shitload at the start, I was just mainly thinking of the, the trauma perspective, which works for both characters and them sort of just living with that and, us experiencing it and them sort of, I guess, semi overcoming it, if you want to view it that way. That's sort of mainly what I took from the movie thematically. But yeah, if there's other stuff, I didn't really, I don't know if there's other stuff, I didn't really see that. I think a, a part that they really nailed all Geelong is uh, that scene where she's at the beach and she can't light a cigarette and she just starts screaming. I mean, like, pretty common occurrence at Eastern Beach, just some random crap that people are just fucking screaming at the seas. So <laughs> they really nailed that one. Being super authentic there, yeah. And there's a lot of there's a lot of more. How would you say? I don't know. Uh, abstract scenes, I suppose. Like the stuff when she's in the bathtub and she sees Angie there too. Like that's really long and drawn out. And it's awkward and um. And there's that you know, regardless of the nudity, there's other things going. There's other sort of moments in the movie that sort of become a little bit. I don't know, weird and quirky and stuff that. I don't know if I was super in on. I was more just invested in the characters and what's literally happening in the movie. I think from an engagement perspective as well, I think the movie, the movie kind of folders. Like the only reason that I think like I was so willing to watch it and, and uh, like uh, that was so stuck to it was because it, it was you know it was our own city. Like had that not been there, you know, I question how much I would have actually like been you know, like how attentive I actually would have been. Because I think Great point. many moments that are kind of, like you said, drawn out, but like just something is rather boring, you know, in the film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I agree with hundred percent. And when it it does sort of tread some ground a few times, you know, it goes over itself a little bit. Like when she's, uh, when she's traumatized, when she's like, they're singing the, the, what the hell was that? Like when they're at the meeting and they start singing oh, and she's that, crying. That was such a weird scene. Weirdly, yeah, weird scene, and it was pretty long. Yeah, that's that's one where your your example resonates with me. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a few moments like that that are just sort of weird and do yeah, they don't 
overly engage me that much. And to be fair, yeah, if I, like, picture this movie, I don't know if it's set literally anywhere else, if this movie set in, I don't know, if this movie set in England or something, would I really have cared as much? That's that's a fair question. I like how they obviously didn't get licensing rights from the Geelong Cats to use their brand. So I did, like, oh, use, right. like, the Geelong Lions or whatever it was. Yeah, I was thinking that. Oh, did they say that? I think part of me does think that they said that they, I think they said Lions, but, like, also, like, uh, old mate Brett had, like, a sticker on his phone that had said Geelong and had, like, a lion on it as well. Right. Yeah, no, I noticed they didn't use the logo. I didn't see the lion, though. That's funny. Yeah. But they, they <laughs> used the Geelong colours because, like, you can't mm. copyright that. For the, like, where uh, the bee tree died, they put, like, Geelong scarves or whatever. Like mm. the, oh, that's right. Navy yeah. bite. Yeah. Can't imagine that the cats would be overly enthralled in having their name associated with this film either, though. Yeah, probably not. I mean, to be fair, like, not many people saw it, so I don't know if it's that bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It matters that much. Or plot twist. They, like, got their lawyers on this movie, shut it down, and that's why no one's seen it. All right, what are we giving Undertow 2018 out of 10? Uh, I'll give it a... I'll give it a 6. I'll give it a 6. I was leaning towards a 5, but you know what? Screw it. It's, I'm being totally honest. Seeing places I know act genuinely improved my experience a little bit. Probably not the, <laughs> the greatest criteria out there, but it's true. So, yeah, I'll give it a 6. Yeah, I've landed on a six as well, and like you know, like same reasons as well. Like you know, I'm I'm unabashedly biased about our about our locations, and especially like her fixation with Crow Bay, because I mean, like you know, oh yeah, of course. A lot of people would forget, you know, like our industrial north, but she really likes that motel for some reason. So really likes it. Yeah, yeah, uh, she's a big fan. Um, four. I I can't give it above the other Undertow because I do prefer the other Undertow a bit more. Whoa. So, uh, yeah. Sure, sure. Too much, too much sex scenes and shit. You trade it to your country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into our highlights for the week. We'll ditch news chat because not a lot to talk about. And that's fine. So, highlights of the week slash, I guess, highlights of the holidays, highlights of the month, if you want to be so bold. Yeah, I don't know. Who wants to, who wants to start us? Finney, sounds like you do. Excellent. Um, dude, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, is this an excuse to talk about Shutter Island now, Jane? Is this what we're going to do? Oh, shit, yeah. That's right. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. Mm. So, what, yeah, I watched a, yeah, I watched a lot. I watched a lot. But, yeah, I mean, this is probably the most interesting actual conversation to have. Um, I watched Shutter Island, and it's a movie that, I mean, you know, I feel like I didn't. Re- I didn't realize like this movie was this popular. Like, apparently, everyone and their mum seen this movie already, and I, I was a bit slow on this. Um, and I didn't like it. Didn't like it at all. Um, the main caveat to come at all of this with is that going into the movie, I didn't know what it was about. I didn't know what it was about. I knew there was a plot twist. I knew that. I pro- I did not know anything else about it. So that could very much have affected my experience. I absolutely won't deny that. Um, which is a shame. I wish I didn't know that prior because I, I think that may have been the case. But essentially what I knew was Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio, plot twist. Those three words, knew nothing about the setting, characters, anything else. Um, so went into it and I don't know, Just it's so boring and so long. And the, I, I, I guessed what was happening in the first 15 minutes and somehow – like 
my not only was not only was I right, but it was even less interesting than what I thought it could have been. You know, because yeah, I don't know. It's it's well tar- telegraphed again. Like if you go into this movie completely blind, I would have loved to watch this movie in two thousand and ten in the theater, knew nothing about it. That could have very well have changed my experience, like I said. But yeah, I don't know. I thought it was it was pretty average. The whole the scene where they explain the plot twist is so so bad. It's it's like, oh, <laughs> Ben Kingsley it literally has like a whiteboard out, and he's like, oh, see these four names that we're going to spell out. They're all anagrams. Like like <laughs> it's like the screenwriters trying to spell out. Look how clever I am. Like literally physically to the audience. It was it was so weird. Um, and they have to explain every little detail and then it still goes on for another half an hour after they explain the twist and the, I don't know. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for me, but you know, that's fine. We need to discuss it though, because most people seem to like it, Jaden. I didn't know this. I didn't know like what the consensus was before watching it. Um, yeah, no, I genuinely love Shutter Island. Like it's one of my favorite Scorsese's. Uh, I think like it's only behind The Departed personally um right yeah i don't know like i i i had no idea what it was about going into it so once again maybe that could be a factor but like i was utterly enthralled um like when watching it the first time like you know just by dicaprio and by by the setting and by the characters and by you know everything that 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 they present to us i did definitely not guess it in 15 minutes what was going on and i definitely did not think it was boring so i mean like yeah it just sounds like completely polar opposite experiences Sure, sure. But yeah, and that's the thing though, because I was, from the moment I hit play, I was looking, you know, I was on the hunt for what the, the twist was. Um, I didn't know it would, it could be something that came up that early, but it was. So that's, that's the stark difference, I think, which is a shame, but like DiCaprio, he's, he's, I don't know. I just thought he was fine. He was DiCaprio. Um, there's, yeah, I don't know. I've got issues with specific things, but we're not reviewing. This isn't a Shutter Island episode, Zach. Calm down. I did like the score, though. Where do you come down on Shutter Island, Fitzy? Um, I think I'm more towards you because I think I did guess it or know. I don't know which one, but I, like, I think I didn't know that it was a plot twist and saw that he was, you know, that, you know, what it was. Um,. I think there are good parts of the movie, like the whole war flashback stuff and scenes, and like when he goes to that like cave and it's got the crazy person in it and stuff. And like I like the uh, the ending speech as well, with uh you know him and uh, oh. Mark Ruffalo talking. I think Mark Mark Ruffalo is really good in it as well. So I mean, yeah, I'm kind of mixed on it, I guess. What about you, Jaden? What do you watch? Um. I think like Tenet would be the obvious one to talk about. We've already, but you've already talked about it twice with you, when you each of you sort of respectively. So yeah, I mean it's just more Nolan dick sucking. So I mean like, <laughs> like it's it's that's not really going to add anything to the uh, conversation. Yeah, you know, fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll chat about it briefly. Um, I guess. Um, I loved it. I really did loved it. Love it. Um, there its reception from you know Letterbox doesn't surprise me because they're all you know wanker cinephiles. So, um, you know, that, it doesn't surprise me that they're like, uh, it's a shit film. Um, but like, I think like having that, having that in mind when I was going to see it, like as everything played out, it did, I think that boosted it because I was expecting something worse than what it was. But like, I mean, like I was utterly enthralled from the first set piece to the last, 
you know, I, th- I think like that opera is like the, the scene of the opera is amazing. Like just off the bat, it is brilliant. I think, um, sound mixing, I really didn't have a problem with like, like I, th- I, th- I think it was bad, but you missing 30% late, <laughs> uh, Zach is weird. Cause like, I literally missed none of the dialogue. I just think that some scenes were a bit loud, but like, okay. um, sure. yeah, sure. Um, Ludwig's score is phenomenal. Um, it really is. Like, I think I like, I th- I, like after watching it the first time, I think I like, pumped that out like five times in three days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Um, I love the characters. I think Neil's so brilliant, and, and as well as a, as well as a protagonist. Like, like you know, I mean, like you know, Nolan said he wants to make a a James Bond film for the modern audience pretty much. So I mean like, and like that's exactly what he's done, you know, with your suave characters and your, you know, your very, uh, uh, what's it called? Ex, ex, uh, flamboyant villain, you know, in, in your, in, oh, your sure. Russian, um, in your, in your, in your typical Russian, you know, mean man. I love Sator. He's great. Yeah. And, um, I mean, like it, it, it's like it's all that, and it's trademark Nolan stuff, you know, like his time and the confusion and all that, and like I think it's really great. Yeah, awesome man, awesome man. I'm glad you could hear the dialogue better than I could. I mean, uh, we all know. Like, I feel like I've got particularly bad hearing potentially, so I don't know. It wasn't just me, as the internet told me, but I don't know. Maybe it wasn't a minority of people because I assume people that didn't like, have a problem what, probably didn't comment on it. Where Where did you miss dialogue? Everywhere, everywhere. Thirty percent of the movie, just sporadically. Really? Yeah, I mean, particularly some scenes over others. Like, I didn't hear anything in the opera scene in the theater. I didn't hear anything. But um, I th- like, I think like you're meant to hear some stuff, but I think like that's that's intentionally a bit less obvious because you know it's meant to be loud. It's meant to be muffled. You know, they're talking through masks. Their gunshots are going off. It's a you know, it's a it's a big opera. Like, I, th- I think like I think, you know, it's intentional that some of the dialogue was lost there. But you know, I, I still heard, you know, what needed to be, like I, I like I still heard it all. But I, I think like some of the dialogue loss was intentional, you know. Right, right. Well, I mean, if if it was, I just fundamentally disagree with that as a as a filmmaking strategy to muffle, you know, dialogue you've written. I don't know. That, that's just me though. But but they're um, talking through masks. Does it not make sense to muffle it? Sure, but I should still be able to hear it. Like you can add a sound effect. That's fine. Yeah, but I heard it. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, I guess. That's yeah, yeah, but I, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all. That's all. It is. I don't want to be negative at all because I love the movie too. I think it's awesome. Totally kicks ass. Can I just, I just want to give a shout out to how cool it is that the protagonist's name is just the protagonist and how cool that is. That's like some, I don't know, that's some video game shit. That's just dope. I love it. That leaves you, Liam. Yeah. Um, um, well, I watch some good stuff. Bad education and, uh, um, Steve McQueen's um, Red, White, and Blue, and Lovers Rock and stuff. Um, but Zach, I want to use my um my Shutter Island card, okay, on you. Oh what? Um, oh shit! I want to talk about Soul. Um, I saw that you liked it, and um, sure. I thought it was okay. But uh, yeah, how did you feel about it? I thought it was awesome. I I, I had some specific. Uh, quibbles with it, like very specific quibbles. Um, it sort of stops it from ascending any higher than a, than a four stars for me. But no, I thought I thought it was totally awesome. I really loved it. Okay. Of all your things, are that spoilery? Or is it- uh, are they spoilery? Uh... I can leave like two minutes if you guys want to chat. 
I won't say anything spoilery. I won't say anything spoilery at all. I just thought like some, some like uh, some the the way humor was injected sometimes was a bit off uh, for the for the story and just like I would have I would have done some rewrites to sort of adjust that. Like, oh yeah, I'm such a sophisticated screenwriter, everyone. But yeah, I thought the movie was funny generally. I just think like some choices were a bit off and sort of ruined some scenes in terms of their their tone. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's that's sort of it in a nutshell. I can go in more in depth than that, but I won't. Um, yeah, no, but I thought it was totally awesome, man. I loved, I loved the, the way it tackled all of its themes and its ultimate message. I thought it was really, really something, and I think it's something that a lot of people, and I think it's clear by, you know, I think it's generally pretty positively received, and I think it's clear that its message is resonating with people strongly, and I think it should because I think it's something that everyone should sort of take on. Um, well, not take on necessarily, but something that everyone should hear, I think. I think it's pretty important. Right. I'm going to get spoiler for like a minute, Jane, if you want to. Oh, yeah. Right, I'll come back at one fifteen in the recording. Go, Fitzy, go. Okay. Um, yeah, so the message, like, um, you know, enjoy the simple things in life, I feel like is something uh, kind of a cliche, like kind of the thing I see in a lot of different films, but that wasn't really my problem. I thought the uh, you know, that was communicated pretty well, but um, like the real world stuff, I really liked. But when they were at like the um, you know whatever it is, the before life thing, and like you know you met twenty two, and it's like the annoying side character that a bunch of these animated films oh. have. It's just kind of like like that dynamic is just something that I've seen. I feel like I've seen a lot of it just happens in a lot of these types of films and it's just like, um, it, yeah, that just wasn't all that interesting to me and kind of like took away from the actual interesting parts of the story about, you know, his, you know, like the passion, his passion and his drive and everything and why that isn't always the most important thing. But yeah, the actual, like the, the, that, so that was good, but the actual, like, uh, dynamic and the dialogue and situations that that brought up i didn't really like it enjoy that like moment to moment kind of thing sure yeah yeah, no i know what you mean i I sort of agree with you one of my negatives is i didn't like the body switch stuff um i thought some of the comedy was kind of off and i I, that that was where the cliche of what you're talking about came in for me a bit i didn't love that stuff um but i understand i personally didn't find 22 annoying but now that you say that it's i sort of see how you could yeah, well, she's an intentionally annoying, but um, well, for me, yeah, I feel annoyed. But um, no, I think she is. The animation, like, I slightly less prefer to other films. Like, I thought, like, like, uh, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, the animation is great. It's just like from a personal perspective, like the kind of whole aura kind of thing. Like, everything's like really light colored in the underworld. I don't know, like. It, I'm thinking about like inside out. It's like very, like lots of different colors. You know what I mean? Like in the under places, sure. like all purple and blue and stuff. Blue. It's kind of yeah. ugly to me, but yeah, I don't know. It was it was enjoyable. It was good overall, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't particularly disagree with anything you say strongly. I just, I just I thought the message was, I hadn't seen that a lot in other movies personally. I don't know if it. Yeah, I, maybe it is cliche. I, I don't know. Like, I thought it. It hit the note for me really strongly and I felt like at least in the way 
that it was delivered, I sort of yeah. hadn't seen before. I yeah, I thought it was executed really well. There you go. I think we, I think we actually pretty strongly agree, somewhat. Yeah. Now it's time for our question of the show. Well, that's not what I say. I say we hand the show over to you. Where we do our, you know, you know, you know what it is. We read the question. Uh, last time I asked you what your favourite Christmas movie of all time is. We're really timely on this one, aren't we? Mm. Uh, Luke said, favourite Christmas movie might have to be Love Actually. It's cute and fun. The cast for that movie is great also. All Christmas movies are predictable and sappy, so knowing when you uh, so knowing when you go into the movie helps make it enjoyable. So, oh, my God. So knowing that when you go into the movie makes it enjoyable. Twice now I've actually gone to see Christmas movies in the cinema. I went last year to see Last Christmas and this year to see Happiest Season. If you read the plot summaries, you know exactly what is going to happen. But they are once-a-year movies you don't rewatch until December. Merry Christmas, Cinema Effect. Merry, very late Christmas to you, Luke. It was, <laughs> Thank uh, you very much. It was Orthodox Christmas two days ago, so it's not too bad. Perfect. Yep, nailed it. Nailed it. It's all fine. It's all fine. Love actually is average at best. Jaden, what's your answer? <laughs> I don't know. Um, my answer was going to be Better Watch Out, which actually stars Olivia Dijon, who was in Undertow. Like, uh, it's, it's this very funny, well, you know, it's, it's, it's this violent Christmas humor movie. Like uh, Christmas uh, comedy movie, um, but this year when I rewatched it, I didn't have as much of a reaction to it as I did the first time. So I think like my um, my answer has to go to Nightmare Before Christmas. Probably I really love Nightmare Before Christmas. So uh, yeah. is that a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie? Nah, it's a Christmas movie. Sure, fair enough, fair enough. I only really have like a movie I watch it. Christmas, but I doesn't. I guess the not the question, but um, Christmas movie. I guess um, hmm. yeah. I always watch it as a Christmas movie, so I'll say I'll say that. That's... Well, now we get into the the <laughs> the classic debate that we somehow haven't had on this show yet: is what is a Christmas movie? Eyes Wide Shut is set at Christmas. Yeah, is that yeah. what makes a Christmas movie? I, no. I would have used to classify it as that, but then, like, I saw people, like, that said, like, The Godfather's a Christmas movie because, like, there's a period of time where they, where where, where, the, where Christmas is involved. So if the criteria is, you know, is set over Christmas, then that doesn't make it a Christmas movie. No, but, like, like Eyes Wide Shut is, like, overtly Christmassy and it's, like, colours and the actual, like, philosophy of the film in terms of the transactional nature of society. And like relating that to Christmas, how you give presents and shit like that. But like, I see what you mean. But I think it's different in the in the case of Eyes Wide Shut. No, I think Eyes Wide Shut is a safe is a safe shout. But I think the God anyone that says the Godfather is a Christmas movie. <laughs> it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. I love to sleep with the fishes at Christmas, don't you? Mm. Oh, okay. That was pretty easy, I guess. I guess it just comes down to yeah, what the movie is and how much it involves Christmas and. Yeah, I think oh, if there's a Christmas tree in your movie, it doesn't make it a Christmas movie, you know? But it's Die Hard a Christmas movie. That's sort of what the oh, yeah. main thing is. Why? Because, um... I haven't seen it, I don't know. Because the events of the film wouldn't happen if it wasn't Christmas, because it's, the, it's a Christmas party in the tower, and that's what forces the, um, the heist people to go to the... Yeah, I mean, I won't spoil the film, but, like, that's what kind of sets the events of the film in motion a little bit. But if the beginning party was a baptism, would you say 
that Die Hard is a religious movie. No, but like, there's it's got Christmas like songs in it as well. Oh, okay. So it's got like um, um, I think it's got Let It Snow and like Ode to Joy and stuff. Now, like Ode to Joy is like the big one. I think at the start when he's at the airport. Is Ode to Joy a Christmas song? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, I think it's a Christmas film. Case closed. I mean, I used to like that. What's that Mickey Mouse Christmas movie? What's it called? Do you guys know what this is? <laughs> that one, you know, with Mickey Mouse, and it's got like the multiple stories in it. It's got like the Fantasia. Like... No, no. Wait, is that a Christmas movie? No, I was going to say no, it's not. But like, that's that's the first thing they came. Oh no! It's this. I don't know. It follows like Goofy and shit, and it has Minnie Mouse in it, and it's a Christmas movie. I think there's I, don't a, know. I think there's one called A Very Goofy Christmas, isn't there? Oh, it's not that. No? It's not that. No. It's like, it, yeah, it's got multiple stories. It's like Donald Duck's in it. I'm, I apologize. I don't know what the name of it is. I like that movie. But um, I'll go with Klaus. I watched it a couple of weeks ago. I thought it was an awesome movie. I really, really liked it. Um, I think it's probably like, I don't know, thinking of your selection when you talk about Christmas movies, it's got to be up there, like almost objectively, I think, just in terms of, the story they tell and they sort of just it, the, the movie really is like Santa's origin story. Sounds like a comic book thing, but that's pretty much what it is. And I think it's awesome. I think it's definitely something that will become a staple and already sort of has, but will become a staple for people to watch at Christmas time. Deservedly so. Yeah, I haven't seen class. I haven't seen a trailer or anything. Cool, you should watch it, but now you gotta wait a year though. Oh that's true. Is it Klaus? Because I thought I thought it was just Claus, but spelled bad. No, it's Klaus. Yeah, it's Klaus. Say, yeah, no. it's pronounced Klaus in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Why so, I don't know. So is is Klaus Claus or is it is it Klaus a different character? No, Klaus is yeah, it's Santa Claus's name in the movie. I don't know why they say it that way and why it's spelled that way. Maybe they say but, Santa Claus in America. I don't think so. All right, that's it for this week's episode of Cinema Effect. Fitzy, what are we watching next week? I believe we're watching Munich next week. Or we are. Yeah. Yeah. I was just checking if it was the end of the month, but no. Um, which is on Stan. It's a Steven Spielberg film, which means everybody should like it. So it means everyone should watch it. So of yeah. course, of course, Jane's gonna love it. No, uh, 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 I, mm, I was gonna say something. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I was gonna say something, but it's spoilers next week, so sure. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, don't do that. Mm. I've never seen it, so I'm excited for that. All right, guys. Thank you very much for joining me back this year. Hopefully this wasn't too much of a train wreck. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, apparently we didn't have to watch one useless movie, but, you know, it is yeah. Really oh, yeah, I sort of ruined this year's starting vibes. You only get one chance to start a year and kick it off well, and I've botched it for us, I think. I think we're cursed for the rest of the year. We all appreciate everyone tuning in. Thank you very much. We'll see you all next time. Have a great rest of your week and goodbye.